Thank you for joining us at Youthology Podcasts and Resources. Listen, this week I just returned from a winter youth retreat in Indiana. And we did a Q&A session and could not even begin to finish all the questions that came in. I've got them with me here and we're going to tackle those right now. So what we're going to do is uh, read through some of these questions. I'm going to give one minute answers okay and uh, if you and listen if you have more questions that you want us to an, uh, answer here and respond to all you need to do is go to youthology.com just see the link tree in the socials and send us your questions and over the course of the next few weeks we're gonna do some Q and a uh, Q&R response podcast to your questions so hey one minute answers to these questions okay here's the first question why did the biblical worldview go down in the last three generations? Well, listen, maybe you've heard the grandparents, 65% biblical worldview in America. They had Gen X, the, their, uh, their kids dropped from 65% to a 33% biblical worldview. And then Gen X had their first set of kids, which would be the millennials. That biblical worldview dropped to 19%. And then they had their second set of kids. And then maybe the older millennials had their younger uh, set of kids, Gen Z, which are teenagers today. And I think maybe you've seen the research, Barna Research. We have, we have the documented research of a 4% biblical worldview in Gen Z. Yeah, and now we have Gen Alpha coming up, Alpha Gen coming up. Where are they going to land, right, in this biblical worldview? So that's the background of the question. Let me tell you, I think we've lost theology in youth ministry. I think we've seen a plummeting emphasis, you know, just this loss of a theological construct, programming, small group, uh, you know, all kinds of spiritual formation idea. I think we've lost that. But we can't just blame the youth group, okay? We can't just blame the 33% of kids who are in youth ministry who can name half, the, half of the Ten Commandments. I mean, that's a stunning stat. But we can't place all of this on the youth ministry. We have to place it in the home too, don't we? Yeah, that's right. Listen, just a quick mind poll for you. Uh, did you grow up as a teenager or a young adult doing uh, Bible study in the home? doing family devotions at the table, right? So I think that's where it begins. I think that's why we've seen it. I mean, sure, blame society, right? That's what we wanna do is blame society. Blame a post-Christian culture, human, humanism in the schools, right? Uh, government out of control and, uh, you know, religious freedoms. I mean, we, we, there's so many things you can talk about, censorship in, in media. But I really think it gets back to the church and to the home. So anyway, that's my response there. Hey, question number two. How do you worship God at home every day? I love this. Listen, this is the best way to start. Purify your Spotify. <laughs> That's right. I know it's a little play on words, but what are you listening to? What's your playlist? What are the kinds of things that, that are coming in into your spirit, into your mind? Right? Garbage in, garbage out. And I think your music has a lot to do with that. I know, listen, I know worship is not just music. It's your lifestyle, right? It's your thought patterns. It's what you give to God. Um, generosity, right? I, worship goes broader than that, but I want to, I want to, uh, 
land specifically on the music part of it. Um, I really believe that if you turn your bedroom into a prayer room or a worship center, <laughs> get that Bluetooth going, you know, get some extra speakers, you know, whatever. If you could capture God's presence in your bedroom, you wouldn't recognize yourself in 30 days. So I think it starts there. Okay, hey, here's another one. How should I go and show my friends at school the love of God without forcing anything on them? Man, I love this question. Just the fact that you're asking the question tells me that you have a passion for evangelism and outreach, right? I mean, think about that. How do I do this without forcing you know anything on... I know that sometimes we make statements like, hey, we need to share the gospel with people. And, uh, and if, if we can do it any other way than our words, then do it. But you all know we got to use our words too. So it's not just lifestyle evangelism. I mean, that's important. But I think we also have to learn how to share our story, how to share our testimony. So I like to say it like this. I think you need to learn your story in one minute. Learn your testimony, your story of faith in one minute. Here's a great, great way to do it. Look at the before and the after. Look at the dark and the light. Okay, real simple. Look at before I met Christ, after I met Christ. Look at the darkness in your life pre-Christ, and then the light and the changes uh, post-Christ, once you've committed your life to Christ. And we call that apologetics. It's being able to share your faith. It's a, a defense of the faith. So I really believe that it comes from your story. Now, aside from lifestyle evangelism and serving people and helping them out, right? Um, aside from that, then we move to our story and sharing our faith. Let me give you one more. And that is random acts of kindness, okay? random acts of kindness. I think that helps too. So listen, if you have a faith, it's easier to share it. Okay, uh, really. So build your own personal faith. I think that will come along. Another question, how do I still be faithful even if God is silent? <laughs> wow. Okay, I love this question because it really is easy to answer. You've heard the text where you know, God says that I'm in the storm and uh, I'm in the fire, I'm in the wind, right? I'm in the tornado. Uh, uh, if you go through the waters, I'm there. If you go into the fire, you won't, you'll come out and you won't even smell. I, we, we get all of the pictures and the symbolism of God in that setting, but hear me, God is in that stillness also. Honestly, don't equate stillness with God uh, being distant. Silence doesn't mean that you are distant from God. And, and I think sometimes we want this roar, right? And we want this, this demonstration. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. I do believe God speaks that way graphically. But sometimes it's just, it's like your best friend. Sometimes you could just be with your best friend and not say a word and just hang out and do homework or, right? You don't have to have a conversation because you're comfortable with each other. And I think our relationship with God is the same way. He is not tied to noise. Our relationship with God is not driven by noise, okay? So enjoy that silence. 
maybe in the silence and you're not really hearing him, it's a great time for you to just be faithful. Just be steady so that when you come out of that silent season, that dark night of the soul, or right? When you come out of it, you've remained faithful and you won't be losing ground. Okay, all right, all right. Hey, another question. Um, what does the Bible say about suicide? Man, so many great questions. Uh, let me deal with this one. I know there's a lot of talk about this, that if you take life, right, then uh, you've committed a sin, and once you've taken, taken your life through suicide, you can't repent, and so you are uh, doomed to hell. Let me tell you something. I believe that God sees the entirety of your life, especially that 30,000 foot view in a shorter season even. So let's say somebody has been depressed and somebody is, uh, their mental health is, is um, under attack. I don't believe that when somebody makes a decision to take their life in desperation or depression or in a mental health crisis, I don't believe that it is that instant or that moment that defines their eternity. I really don't. I think God looks at the season of the moment that they're in. I, 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 think, I think we need to be careful of momentary salvation, losing our salvation in a moment, right? I mean, think about it, the, the, the thief on the cross, right? There were two there. There's a good criminal and a bad criminal, right? And the good criminal, in a moment, right, one that, with that one statement in that, in that one uh, moment of his life, everything changed. If, if God were to have only judged him in that one moment and not looked at the entirety of his life, man, where would he really be in heaven? And so I think God looks at the, at the entirety of the moments that we're in that might lead up to a desperation or depressive or mental health uh, crisis that we might be in, right? So, man, hope that helps a little bit too. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that too. Hey, last question. How do I truly start loving myself and stop, ha and, and stop having body issues? I'm going to add in shaming here, body shaming. Uh, man, I know this is a big one for teenagers. Let me tell you one of the easiest ways that you can counter the comparison game is to be very cautious with your social media because it's easy to take that social media uh, picture and begin to say, uh, this, is this is the body image that's pop or this is the body image that um, is normal or this is the body image or the type of hair or the language or the the the... the style of clothes that I wear, right? The cut, all of that stuff. Listen, be careful of comparing yourself to what might be pop or mainstream because that is not where your value or your image comes from. Your image doesn't come from your cut or your clothes. It comes from your character, okay? So I really believe that if you would watch what you're viewing, that eye gate, right? On, on social media, on movies, watching other people, if you be careful with that eye gate, if you watch your comparison and be careful of comparing yourself to other people, and then don't place your, don't place your value on your cut, right? <laughs> your, your, your hair, don't put it on your, um, on your clothes and your, the label, but put it on your character, okay? Because that's where your true value 
and your true image comes from as a child of God. All right, hey, thanks again for listening to us with some of these questions. Please send them to us and we're going to be um, adding these the next couple of weeks. We're gonna be doing some Q&A sessions and answer your questions right here on Youthology Live. Hey, you know where to find us. Just go to the socials, check out the link tree. That's all you gotta do. And uh, go to YouTube, you can see us there. We're on iTunes podcast. It'll all be up and running in the next uh, few minutes. All right, thank you. See you next week.